0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: John Tavares of the Toronto Maple Leafs has been taken off the ice on a stretcher as he was going off. He did put a thumbs up into the air as he was put on the backboard on the stretcher and taken very carefully off the ice about halfway through the first period between the Canadians and the Maple Leafs. This happened about seven or eight minutes ago. Tavares was knocked down right around his own blue line by Ben Sharrat of the Montreal Canadiens, and he fell into the path of Corey Perry, who at the last minute sort of tried to jump over Tavares, but in the process, Perry's shin went right into Tavares head and Tavares was down on the ice and the trainers came out and he sort of awkwardly tried to sit up with what appeared to be the trainer's assistance. And he clearly couldn't balance on his own and started to fall backwards as he was on his knees. And uh, then from there he was kept very still. So Tavares taken off the ice and unfortunately, my plans to start this show with all the excitement of uh, Montreal-Toronto series for the first time since 1979, uh, those plans have changed because of this injury. And then right off the ensuing face-off, it is Felino fighting Corey Perry. And hey, look, everybody in Edmonton knows that uh, Corey Perry is one greasy cheap guy out on the ice as well as being very talented I don't think he did anything on purpose there I think it was wrong place wrong time but he uh he answers the bell for the Tavares injury which did not look good Rob Brown hops on uh, Rob thanks for coming on here on short notice but I know you're watching this game and we wanted to get your perspective on it as well man oh man that was especially that moment where you saw Tavares totally unable to balance himself that was scary
2: uh, it was scary. It was scary in a couple uh, aspects of it. Obviously, when the injury first happened, you're, you're scared for his health. And, uh, I mean, not only is he a great hockey player, but he's a good person. You don't want a person to have to go through anything like that. So you're scared seeing this guy laid out. And then when the trainer came out, and this is the one that was even scarier, the trainer tried moving him in a position by himself, And Tavares was out cold and the trainer lost control of Tavares and Tavares started falling backwards and the trainer, who at that point it looked like was trying to keep his head and neck straight, which is obvious. You you don't know how serious an injury it is, but he was losing control of him. So I think the trainer at that point needed help and he was trying to do something that he shouldn't have been doing by himself, which could have put Tavares in an even more dangerous position. You hope it's just uh, CONCUSSION, uh, BELL RUNG, AND HE'LL BE BACK uh, HEALTHY AND HOPEFULLY BACK PLAYING SOON. BUT, AGAIN, IT IS REALLY, REALLY SCARY WHEN YOU SEE A PLAYER GO DOWN LIKE THAT. You, I MEAN, WE SAW IT HERE IN EDMONTON. WE SAW JUJAR Kara GOING TO THE BENCH ABSOLUTELY uh, WITHOUT uh, not without ANY SENSE. He, HE WAS KNOCKED OUT COLD. AND YOU SAW HOW SCARY IT WAS FOR THE FANS IN EDMONTON, FOR the, THE PLAYERS ON THE BENCH. John Devars the same thing happened for the Toronto players and, and their fans.
1: Rob, look, you, you lived in the world of pro hockey for much of your adult life, and, and you know as well as anybody that injuries are part of the game, and you experienced them, and you saw pucks and sticks go off heads, arms, and feet, and a teammate goes down the tunnel to the dressing room, and you're probably thinking, okay, I wonder if he's getting an X-ray or if he's going to come back, and that's tough, but how much, how different is it when it's actually a player on the ice that they're keeping still and then the trainers come out because even the Montreal trainer came out to help and then the stretcher comes out and all of a sudden you're realizing wow like this game is being delayed 8, 10, 12 minutes this is all bad what's, what's that like for the players who got to ra- wait around and watch that?
2: You're sick to your stomach honestly you are injuries happen all the time and you see a lot of times when a guy gets injured and he goes to the bench, gets the top on the butt and the players just continue going on with their game because everyone's been through it. Everyone at some point has been injured or has seen teammates get injured. But you also know when it's a little bit more serious, and that's when you get a little nervous and a little scared because, I mean, that's, he's not, no longer just a hockey player when an injury like that happens. You know, he's a father, he's a husband, he's a son, he's a brother, he's someone that, uh, I mean, that's real life. So you are sick to your stomach and you're nervous for him, and I think that that's what you saw both teams Uh, When you see both teams looking on as intently and as worried as they are, they they understood the magnitude of the type of injury it could be uh, when a stretcher comes out, when both teams' doctors come out. When you see the other team's doctor walk, coming out onto the ice, you know that there's a little bit of worry in in both organizations. Nobody nobody wants anyone getting hurt. The the Montreal Canadiens would love to win this series, but they don't want to see a Toronto Maple Leaf player get hurt and be out of this series or or worse. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the 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 feeling you get both teams is just absolutely sick to your stomach.
1: Rob Brown joining us on Inside Sports is the breaking story out of the Toronto-Montreal game. John Tavares taken off the ice on a stretcher. He was body checked by Ben Sherratt, fell to the ice. Corey Perry, who was skating by the collision, tried to jump over Tavares, and his shin in the process went right into Tavares' head. So that's that injury. Montreal has just scored. And I want to ask Rob about the goal. But, you know, Perry then fought uh, Felino. You know, hockey has a, a, a code, supposedly, Rob. And look, like I said off the top, we know Perry will cross the line. I, I yeah. don't see anything... I don't th- see anything on purpose there where you go out and try to drive your shin into a guy's head. Sh- should have Perry had to f- fight for that, or is that just something you gotta you got to suck it up and do just because you know the other team is not feeling great about seeing their teammate go off?
2: Um, I-, I think per- Perry is old school. He's been around forever, and he's had to step up from time to time in his career because of dumb things that he's done. And I'm I, I'm a Corey Perry fan. I, he's a he's a Canadian kid that knows how to play the game, and I know that uh, he's hated in Edmonton, but uh, he's represented our country, and, and I liked a lot that he's done. But he does cross the line. I don't think he crossed the line here, but and, and you saw when Felino went out to the the faceoff, more or less said, okay, we're fighting now. You saw Shea Weber get involved. He's like, okay, why? It was an accident. It wasn't meant. But Felino's like, you know what? Doesn't matter. This. A reputation of Corey Perry made the fact that he was going to have to stand up and fight. So that was more or less a reputation fight. I, most 99% of the players in the league you say there's zero chance that there was any uh, intent on that. But there's always that in the back of your mind. Well, this is Corey Perry. I could see him doing something stupid. So uh, the fact he was carried off on a stretcher and the seriousness of the injury meant Corey Perry had to fight there. And I give him credit for doing that. I give Felino credit for going out there and immediately dropping the gloves. Uh, but that is uh, outside of, you know, the, the ugliness of the injury. That is a huge impact on this series. John Tavares is a, a great hockey player. He's a number one centerman on almost every team in the league. And now the Toronto Maple Leafs are missing their, you know, their captain and, and one of their stars, which could be minimum a couple games, but could be for the
1: series. All right, I, I hope I didn't pull you right away from the TV because Josh Anderson scored a great goal splitting two to Toronto defensemen and then going short side on Campbell off the post and in. Uh, but I will say this, Rob, uh, Campbell lost his net. I, I mean, Anderson actually had a ton to shoot at from the angle that they, they showed here. And as, as we know in Leafs goaltending, Leafs goaltending, that could be the issue. Uh, great shot by Anderson, but I wonder if he even had to hit it that precise because it looked like Campbell was giving him half the net.
2: Well, honestly, I did see the goal, and it looked Anderson did his best uh, Connor McDavid impersonation. I mean, there were two Leafs back, and he he went right between the two of them and turned a one-on-two into a breakaway. Um, yeah, we we talked about it before. That going into the playoffs, the every team had an Achilles heel. You know, the Winnipeg Jets we talked about their three, four, five, six defensemen. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens we talked about injury and the fact they can't score. And the Toronto Maple Leafs was goaltending. Uh, Campbell was supposed to be their backup goaltender. Uh, and because of injuries, he became their number one goalie. Anderson's still coming back from an injury. They just showed a replay of the goal. I don't know if you saw the replay, but there was a broken stick in front of the net for the in front of Campbell. He went and moved the stick. And as he was moving the stick, Josh Anderson, there was a turnover in the neutral zone and he started coming in. And Anderson had to hurry back to his net. Could be right there the reason that uh, Campbell wasn't completely set with his angle because he wasn't prepared. He was out moving his stick and had to hurry back to get in place for the breakaway.
1: Okay. Well, Rob, thanks for hopping on. Again, tough to see the Tavares injury. And oh, yeah, yeah, weird. Campbell was, yeah, I think that's why he didn't get back. He was out shooting a broken stick away and yeah. then didn't get so, that interesting decision by him. It didn't...
2: I just think he wasn't expecting that to come back so quickly. I, I right. think he's trying to get that out of his way as quick as he could, and he looks up, and all of a sudden, here comes Anderson. And probably any other player in the Montreal Canadiens, he would have had more time, but Anderson, as we know, is fast, and he got in there quickly. So Campbell trying to do a little housework in his crease ends up causing himself to lose his crease, and now Montreal has a one nothing lead in a big game for them.
1: Rob, thanks for doing this on short notice. I uh, appreciate your perspective on that injury. And, of course, I'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Enjoy the hockey tonight.
2: Sounds good, Reed. Take care.
1: All right, Rob Brown hopping on. As again, if you're just joining us, it is uh, John Tavares taking off the ice on a stretcher today, about halfway through the first period in the game between Montreal and Toronto, checked by Ben Sherratt going to the ice, into the path of Corey Perry, who tried to leap over Tavares. And in the process... Perry driving his shin into the head of Tavares and Tavares was uh, was down and out and and very wobbly Though as he was taken off on a stretcher he did give the the thumbs up so hopefully he's going to be okay there they are showing the injury again and yeah well actually was more it was Perry's knee and Tavares just kind of hit the ice and his head was right at the right at the wrong height Right at the and Perry, who, who tried to sort of hop around or over, and his knee goes right into John Tavares' head. So hopefully he's he's going to be okay. But I mean, clearly you don't expect him back tonight or probably for the next couple of games. It is one nothing Montreal with three forty left in the first period. The Lightning lead the Panthers four three late in the second. Penguins up one nothing on the Islanders eight minutes into the second period. It's six seventeen. It's Inside Sports on six thirty. Chet. Now on the power plays, we move into the final minute of the first period. Montreal leading that one, one nothing. John Tavares taken off the ice on a stretcher. While we are at break, the second period ended in Tampa, but the Lightning also scored. Alex Kalorn with a late power play goal, so the Lightning now up five three on the Panthers. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. If we uh, see any other news about John Tavares, we will let you know. He did give the thumbs up on the stretcher as he was being taken off the ice. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's not going to return tonight. I don't know if the Leafs will announce anything else this evening, but we will keep you updated. If you want to chime in this evening, and, of course, I am happy to talk about your Edmonton Oilers, who did not win game one last night against the Winnipeg Jets. You can chime in at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. So the Oilers practice today, Mike Smith and Ethan Baer, we're not on the ice, but head coach Dave Tippett saying both are fine and are available tomorrow, just maintenance days. For those two gentlemen, uh, there, there were different line combinations today. I know I know, in a series of drills, McDavid and Drysettle were together with Dominic Cahoon, and Dave Tippett just kind of said, not really line combinations today, just doing drills. So we'll see how they line up for the morning skate tomorrow. Oilers and Jets once again on 6.30, Chad, 5 o'clock for the face-off show. We're going to drop the puck at 7.00. So here's the thing. And Rob and I talked a little bit about this last night. Not a, not a really high energy, exciting, great start to the, to game one for the Oilers. They, they they didn't have a ton going in the first 10 minutes of the game. I don't know if Winnipeg did either, but the Oilers certainly did it. Took them eight and a half minutes to get a shot on goal. Probably their two best scoring opportunities. They, they passed up shots and, and weren't able to get anything on net. And that is opposed to what I was hoping to see, a team that came out with a ton of energy that was going to play like a team that was favored to win, that was going to play like a team that knew that they could get in on the opposition defense and try to hem them in and make life really uncomfortable. They did do that for most, in the, most of the second period, but they weren't able to get out of that period with the lead. So uh, I asked uh, Alex on what he thought of the Oilers' start last night and what he thought of uh, how they've been starting games this year.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's something we uh, we talked about uh, towards the last uh, ten, twelve games of making sure uh, uh, you know we're, we're coming out with good starts. Obviously, in the playoffs, those are, are a key mo. Uh, it's a key part of the game. Uh, I thought maybe last night, you know, game one playoffs, um, feels like everyone was a little bit. Um, um, I wouldn't say nervous, maybe just a little bit anxious. Um, we went Executing the way we're we're capable of, and uh, we we finally uh, got moving. Like you said, I think eight minutes into the first, and uh, build our game from there. So uh, I think that's uh, something we addressed today, and um, hopefully tomorrow um, we get going uh, right at the puck drop.
1: A little bit there from Alex Chason. I asked the same question to Dave Tippett about the start to the game and how he would evaluate how they started games throughout the season. I think throughout the season, we've been pretty good. Last night, we had a couple opportunities. Nuge had one outside, missed the net. Cuckoo came down and uh, probably should have put it on net, went uh, look for a stick in front. So we had some opportunities to get pucks to the net. But I thought, I thought the, the start of the game was... Um, both teams were feeling each other out. Not a lot not a lot happening. Yeah, fair enough. It's not like the Jets came out firing either. Bit of a tentative start both ways. How are you feeling? Day after. Let me know. seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. What are you thinking for tomorrow? What's a priority? Is it a better start? Is it being busier in the offensive zone down low around Connor Hellbuck? Is it going with the nuclear option? Did Dry Settle McDavid need to be? on the same line to start the game seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 more from Tippett more from Chase on Larson and Dreisaitl as well it's inside sports on Chet as we get you ready for game two tomorrow First period ended in Toronto. Canadians up 1-0 on a goal by Josh Anderson. John Tavares taken off the ice on a stretcher in that game, fell to the ice and was uh, uh, in the process. He took a knee to the head from Corey Perry. Penguins lead the Islanders 3-1 late in the second period, lightning up 5-3 on the Panthers after two. Later, it's the Golden Knights and the Wild. How about this? Canadian Corey Connors leads the PGA Championship in South Carolina five under today he has a two-shot lead over several golfers including Brooks Kepka. Phil Mickelson is three off the pace and the Red Sox lead the Blue Jays 5-3 in the bottom of the third Oilers tomorrow seven o'clock at Rogers Place our coverage starts with the face-off show at five as the Oilers beaten 4-1 last night close game couple of empty netters late in the third period for Winnipeg to put it away as the Oilers uh, just could not muster first the go-ahead goal and then a tying goal the Jets take game one. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the CertainTeed hotline. Chad giving us a ring tonight. Chad it's nice to hear from you. Go ahead.
3: Hey Reed, uh just last night's game I just seen a couple passengers out there last night. Just somebody, just a couple people along for the ride. Just not holding up their end of the bargain. Just about Four to five on that forward group that were just not quite all there. And I don't know if I'm a little out of line here, but I don't know if it was nerves, but like that might have been one of Darnell Nurse's, like one of his poorest performances of the season, no? What
1: did you think up front? Who didn't you like? Uh, that fourth line
3: didn't have much for me. I just, uh, it was kind of to be expected when it came to passing. His touches weren't quite there yet, <laughs> but uh, like I just, I didn't like it. The Neil was slow. Cassian, I was expecting a big game out of Neil, to be honest, with his proven pedigree in the playoffs, but it just wasn't there for me. And McLeod, well, I, I know it's kind of a, don't want to get on him too hard, but it was not. He needs to finish some checks out there. Those flybys drove me nuts last night.
1: Well, I, I I'd like, and I, I think the hitting stat, what did they say it was, fifty-eight forty or something like that. I, I think I don't think the hits were accurately tracked last night. It didn't seem like an overly physical game relative to some other playoff games. I, I don't get the sense, Chad, uh, and I'll talk to you about Nurse as well. I don't get the sense they're going to make any changes up front. Now, if they're down 2 nothing in the series, then I think that's going to be a different story. Um, I, I just hope that there's a little more forechecking and there's it's a little more early in the game. Because, look, we, we've we seen the Jets 10 times. We know that you can get in on their defense, right? So, I, I to me, dump the puck in, make them handle the puck and try to turn it over. They they did that in the second period. Would I go so far as to call guys passengers? I, I mean, I don't think so. I think they're trying out there. I think there might have been some jitters, and they couldn't get into the, the flow of the game. But, but I really want to see a better start. As You, 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 you didn't think Nurse had a good game? Because I, I, I actually thought Barry struggled a bit, especially in the first period.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to go completely off topic here, but man, Ethan Bear, he got when he got back and he got his conditioning back under his feet, he's a player he is a player out there yeah bear's he, done well
1: the last month like, or so
3: oh yeah like he like he's so poised like I, there was one play in particular where he got the puck like kind of just barely pushed away from him three times and he hunted it down and he grabbed it and he used his butt he pushed people off he hunted it down he held it and made a play three times somebody tried to take it away from him and he out them or out hustled them to the puck
1: so I'll, I'll just circle back to the force here. Like, would you would you throw Shore in? Would, would, like, the one guy I would put in is Shore. I'm not sure I, 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 who i take out. And I understand what you're saying about McLeod. You don't want to totally shatter the kid and take him out of one playoff game. But if I could find a spot for Shore, I'd be comfortable with that. Ennis is in the wings. Um, you know, Tourist didn't have a great season. He's around. Would you make a change tomorrow, Chad? Uh, I would
3: be... No, I, I just I can't I can't pull anybody out. But there's one man in that taxi squad that unfortunately didn't play enough this year. But the man I'm talking about is Patrick Russell. He would hunt people down. He would run them through the board Dirty, greasy hockey below the goal line. But yeah, I don't think he played enough this year.
1: Uh he plays in a straight line. That's what Rob and I like about him. He doesn't he doesn't have a ton of skill, but he, he plays in a straight line and I think he's he's reliable. Chad, good thoughts, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow. All right, have a good one, Ed. That's Chad, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, I'd like to see the Oilers now, you got to give the Jets credit. They they came in with a game plan. I you know, you may you may have seen the uh, breakdown Kevin Bieksa did on TV. The third forward was all, all we are uh, pardon me, always high. They're clearly trying to limit McDavid getting a lot of speed through the neutral zone and dry cycle as well. I think they have to do that in a different way than the Leafs did it. The Leafs were able to sort of have somebody track McDavid. I don't think the Jets are as quick up front, so they're pulling somebody out of there early. The question is, can the Jets sacrifice the four-check and win a seven-game series? Because it's it seemed to me the Jets thought, we got to try to win 2-1 or 3-2. They rely on Hellebuck, and maybe we're not going to get a ton of chances or we have to counterattack can they do that and win a seven-game series? that That's what I would be saying if I'm analyzing the Jets. But Edmonton still has to figure out a way to get through it. Sheldon is on the line as well. Sheldon, thanks a lot for calling.
2: Hi there, Reid. How are you doing? Good. Good. I was just curious why
3: Jack wasn't doing the call last night with uh, Louie well jack is the
1: sportsnet regional television voice and all the playoff games are national games so jack's uh tv work i believe is done for the season so we're going to have him on 6:30. 30 ched uh, cam moon's going to be involved in some special features on the face-off show and that's how we're going to roll
2: okay thanks for that i just uh he's just so much better uh, you know in that position so anyway i didn't understand how it worked so it's all good thanks
1: Yeah, no problem. Well, Jack is great. Cam's great, too. We're very lucky to have both of them. But Jack's going to be on the radio mic here for the postseason. We also have Dennis on the line. Dennis, thank you very much for calling. Hey, how's it going? Um, Yeah, I'm doing well, man. I'm still a little shaken by that Tavares play. That was scary to watch. But anyway. Yeah, I saw the highlight. That was scary. Um, I
4: just wanted the second caller, too. Like, that's why I mean, I don't want to pile on the rookie third line center. Uh, But I was with him where it's like, I don't want him to plow through people like Archie can. But instead of turning, just bump into people. Um, Bottom six have to
1: finish their checks in any NHL playoff game. What's your thoughts? Well, I I totally agree. I I totally agree. And I I said it leading into the series that in you know in real life you shouldn't be a bully in pro sports you should be a bully you know you know what i mean like you got to <laughs> yeah. go out there and and force the action and i think that we we've seen the referees are reluctant to call penalties that are barely over the line if something is way over the line it's it's usually going to get called though i asked matt benning about that he got shoved into the boards from behind pretty bad last night against carolina but anyway so Take that extra half step And finish your check And if you're going to get away with it Then then keep doing it And that's the, the Jets have defensemen you can get after And that's why I think you have to I mean look Dennis I'm going to say something Pretty critical here But we're in the playoffs And the Oilers roster is not perfect But I'm going to say this Have you seen Forbert play for the Winnipeg Jets? The guy no. can't handle the puck He can't, like, He can't handle the puck like go hit him. Pressure him. He can't he can't handle the puck.
4: Yeah, exactly. Put a little pressure on him. They'll be looking over their shoulder and they'll fumble it. And then McDavid and Dry will just be doing what they do and
1: putting their hands up in the air and then hopefully that leads to sixteen wins. So what 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 was the main reason for you though, Dennis, they um, lost the game last night? What was the number one reason they lost? As they came out they came
4: out with n- nothing. And what, eight 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 and a half minutes to get one shot on net? That's, yep. that's unacceptable. Um, especially when Ealers and DuBois are out of the game. Like, Ealers is a game-breaker. Like, this was our chance to take him. And this is where I'll be critical, too, of uh, JJ. I, I know he got hurt and he was concussed and then came back and got hurt again. But I, in that scrum, too he was getting punched in the face, and he was just standing there staring at the guy. Like, I get, but if if your head's not right, J.J., put short in, put someone in there that's going to stick their glove in the opposition's face and, here, smell my sweat. Like, come on, get (laughs) nasty, get mean, and let's go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the meanest thing probably an oiler did in that game was the end of the first period. McDavid made sure to go after pionk and i don't i don't mind a little bit of that if it's going to happen to him he has to give it back but i you know i think they know what they need to do now now they just have to execute and now the game of adjustments begins for sure dennis thanks Absolutely. a lot for calling have a great night that's dennis seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. like i said i don't know if the Oilers are going to make any lineup changes uh he did you know he did bring up jujar Kara who had those tough, uh, uh, you know, head injuries earlier this season. And if he's not, I mean, he's playing. So obviously he's been cleared to play. Have we seen Jujar play better? We have. Uh, Shore usually gives you what he can. He can also kill penalties. I'll tell you this. We've shown Dave Tippett be relatively patient with roster decisions, and most of them have paid off. So I will defer to the guy with several hundred games of coaching experience when it comes to that. I just wonder if he starts McDavid and Drysettle together tomorrow and that's how he tries to create energy and create a good start and have a lead because I think if if I mean if the Oilers could get up a couple that that changes everything for the Jets because then they can't hang back and just try to deny then they got to go after it. 780-496-0063 The Maple Leafs have confirmed that John Tavares has been transported to hospital. I don't think that's a surprise after he got to a knee to the head from Corey Perry. So we'll keep you updated with any info we get there. Take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on six thirty. Chet. William Nylander has just scored for Toronto. It's one-one Toronto and the Canadians. Four and a half minutes into the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. John Tavares of the Maple Leafs has been taken to hospital after taking a knee to the head from Corey Perry in the first period. He was taken off the ice on a stretcher. Oilers and Jets tomorrow, of course, our primary discussion point on the show. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It is John on the line. John, nice to hear from you. Go ahead. Hi, Reed. Um,
5: uh, you know last night i want there was just no urgency to the oilers game it looked like we were still in the august bubble honestly it was just very depressing to see that kind of approach and so i want the oilers to stop talking and tell us how much they've improved and how they're ready to play cuz we've all had i heard that enough i want them to start doing stuff i want them to show urgency I wanted to win more than 10% of the face-offs. I want them to get going on the four-check. And if I was in charge, I'd put two new guys in. I'd put Shore in. I'd put Innis in and just say, listen, if you guys don't get going on that four-check, there's going to be somebody else going into the game. I just, I'm just so disappointed, Reed. I just expected so much more, and I just thought we would see a, a team that was organized, and urgent, and doing the stuff they're supposed to do, and, and I'd, I'd like them all to stop talking. I got to go, Reid. Thank you.
1: Okay, well, I was going to ask him who he would take out, but John has to go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's ready for action and, and not talk. Look, disappointing to lose, obviously. Do I think that game was a disaster? No, but you only have so long to fix it. This isn't uh, the first nine games of the regular season where you can start three and six and then still turn it around like the Orthers did. The primary concern for me was Hellebuck. I, I Hellebuck was very good last night. I wouldn't go so far to say that he stole the game because it wasn't as if it was a total shooting gallery with 20 grade A chances, but He didn't let one leak by him and he made a lot of good saves and he was sturdy under pressure, but I just think the jets were able to execute a game plan and they had goals from two unlikely sources with Pullman and Tononato, who only, he only played two regular season games. That was only his third game as a member of the Winnipeg jets. So, is there is there hope here for the Oilers? Absolutely, but when you get down one in a series, you don't have a lot of leeway to play with. But I, I want to see the Oilers get busier around the opposition net. Alex, chase on a little bit here on creating more scoring chances.
0: It's almost like we were like a, a step uh, too far, or a step too back on, on certain plays. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I think we we weren't executing as as. Uh, at the level that we're capable of, and um, then not a whole lot happened. So, uh, no, I, I think we, we we all realize that um, no, it's there's there's not a lot of ice down there. Uh, um, they checked really well on us yesterday, so that's on us to to find ways to uh, create second and third opportunities.
1: Well, and maybe that's the key, the second and third opportunities. How did they score the goal? That was a rebound. Jesse Pugliarvi's around the net, gets a quick shot away. Hellebuck isn't quite set, and it goes through him. I noticed at practice today the Oilers were working on rushing down the wing and just firing a bad angle shot from around the hash marks. And I think they're saying if the Jets are going to clog us up and not give us the middle, then we have to get the puck to the to the net this way and the good old pass off the pads might come into play at the other end of the ice you saw them refining some d to d passes behind the net and then the center coming down really low to take an initial pass to start the break to start the breakout like i'm talking about the center coming down low basically beside the crease to get that initial pass from a defenseman out of the corner. And I wonder if they're saying, all right, we're not going to be able to get Connor the puck between our blue line and the red line. So we got to get it to him earlier. Connor carrying the puck is dangerous, regardless of what zone it is. Same with dry sidle. So I wonder if those are a couple little things you might see refined in the Oilers game tomorrow. Dave Tippett as well, commenting on scoring chances. Well, it was a tight game. It's a playoff game. The space is tight. You get pucks at the net. I mean, I think we had—I don't know what we had. We had a lot of attempts around the net, but not enough clean
2: ones. Not—you know—we had some—we had some scrums at the net, but uh, the game
0: dictates
1: how the shots go. And Leon Dreisettle about overcoming tight checking in the postseason.
0: We've had lots of those this year, and we've come up with with plenty of goals, so um, I'm not—I'm not worried. Um, You know, I think we've had enough chances to win the game. Um, I think we, um, you know, the the puck was on our side uh, a lot more than than theirs. So um, I think that uh, we got to get to to the net a little more and and maybe make it a little simpler on ourselves and then just put pucks there and and throw them there. But um, eventually they're going to go in, and, um, you know, we've done it all year. All
1: right, that's Leon Dreisaitl. We'll continue chatting about the Oilers, uh, including a bit of a lighter side angle about one of my Chorus Entertainment colleagues who is not wearing clothes during the playoffs. He'll explain why Matt DeBurse from Kissing Country. I'm not sure I really even want to do this interview, but I guess I will. And uh, we'll have Bob Beers on the show to tell you how Taylor Hall is doing with Boston. Beautiful goal last night. He'll break down that gaff behind the net involving former Oiler Justin Schultz that led to the Boston overtime winner. Curtis Lazar playing a pretty good role for the Bruins as well. I'm going to ask Bob Beers about him. Of course, you're welcome to chime in, as always, 780-496-0063. And don't forget, we want to send you golfing to the Ranch Golf and Country Club. We want you and a friend to golf there this summer. Go to the 630 Chet Contest page for details. You could win a pair of golf passes to the Ranch.